We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday, July 18th edition of the Road to NFL podcast, of course, brought to you by our friends at Circa. We've got a lot to cover here when it comes to the running back market, uh, all the hullabaloo on Twitter from running backs, from professionals, from not football professionals like you and I, Jake. Uh, it'll be fun. And, oh, yeah, by the way, it's Jake Tarski and I getting set to do our uh, free agent podcast like we do every Tuesday. Yeah, so Very good to be back, Joe. Very good to be back, indeed. Let's hit the music. Again, welcome everyone to Tuesday, July 18th edition of the World of NFL podcast brought to you by Circus Sports. Again, alongside me, uh, as we will do every Tuesday moving forward, Jake Latarski. You can follow me at Roto Jake on Twitter. Uh, Joe Barley, follow me at JB Fantasy here. And we're waiting to get to the uh, regular season, waiting to get to what our bread and butter will be, which is talking about uh, waiver wire pickups each and every week. Of course, we have to get to that point. And uh, as a result, you can call it stalling podcast, Jake, if you want. Yeah. But I, I like to think our content is really relevant things. Exactly. No, yeah. Uh, every week, I mean, we've been doing this for several years now. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be creeping up on a, a decade of waiver wire pods before long. But uh, yeah, week to week, it's going to be ads and drops during the NFL season. But, you know, we got to keep our sponsors nice and happy, which we are always happy to do, which means a few more preseason shows and hopefully keeping our listeners happy here as well with some draft advice. So, um, so today we're just going to talk about you know we've all done a handful of drafts early whether it be best balls or you know some this doesn't quite apply to the rookie drafts that you might be in but you know whether it's fishbowl best balls uh the vegas league drafts everyone's had some draft dilemmas so far so we're going to go position by position kind of like uh, a waiver wire show will be and we're going to be discussing a lot of our player a player b dilemmas taking players that are very close in adp and generally on this show when we reference adp we're going to be talking about uh the nffc which are paid uh, which are paid higher stakes leagues those drafts have been going on for a while and those people have some real skin in the game so they're going to be uh you know some of the most reliable adp data out there you can find so we're going to find real close close players dilemmas that you might actually face in your drafts and then we're going to talk about we're just going to hash it out we're going to have the argument uh yeah before we even get to that and we'll we'll tailor our draft dilemma decisions much like we will in the free agent podcast to come quarterbacks running backs wide receivers tight ends specifically before we do that though we have some news and of course, there's DeAndre Hopkins signing, which maybe we'll talk about at a different point in terms of what his ADP will be. Fast forward to Monday, and we have a bunch of different running back decisions that did not occur, right? We had the, the Cowboys choose not to sign a long-term deal with uh, Tony Pollard. We had no such thing with Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley as well, too. And it seemed to set 
the Twitter sphere on fire, uh, much less than what Elon has done over the past two or three weeks with that platform. But nevertheless, a lot of different conversation. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, Jake, I'm already annoyed with it. And we're maybe less <laughs> than 24 hours in. So yeah, I mean, we're, how are we supposed to operate? With, we're not with hot take guys that have to fill out a three-hour morning talk show on ESPN. So I'm not going to come out here real hot about running back rights and everything. I mean, that is just the status of the market. It is a supply and demand thing. Is it fair to running backs? No, absolutely not. Is there an easy solution? No, absolutely not. I saw someone be like, all running backs out of the draft start out as free agents because, I mean, that is – just the way the game of football works here. Um, You use your rookie deal up, and by those five years, you are past your prime. And, uh, you know, we don't really need to talk about this too much. I think, uh, you know, there are exceptions to to this rule, you know, running backs that are heavy pass catchers that should be valued differently. You know, I'm thinking your Ecklers, even the Packers with Aaron Jones, but even the Packers with Aaron Jones, he took a pay cut realizing what the market was going to look like here. So, uh, you know, just the reality of the situation. It's unfortunate. And um, some of these players, you know, hint, hint for later in the show when we get to running backs, will be involved that have really close ADPs with another player of similar outlook who does not have a contract issue that may or may not hold him up. So we'll talk about how to handle that here as the show goes on. Yeah, we had Joe Mixon take a contract uh, lesser deal as well, too. And Yep. This is um, his was get cut or take or take a pay cut, you know? Right. And, and you look at Delvin Cook, you have Leonard Fournette, you have Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, probably isn't the same type of player as those guys, but a relevant name. And then there's the J.K. Dobbins and Pollard and Barkley and Eckler. And I mean, we're talking about, I just listed 10 running backs. Maybe Melvin Gordon's not a starter at this point in his career, but close to 10 different starters over the past couple of years who have now found uh, a less than desirable market for that position. And, and that's just where we're at. I think even the upper echelon guys like Derek, uh, Derek Henry or Christian McCaffrey, if I'm a GM, I'm paying them. I think Saquon Barkley fits in that category. When Barkley is healthy, he's a difference maker. Is Josh Jacobs? I don't think so. I know he, he was a difference maker last year for fantasy teams, but the Raiders certainly didn't win. Uh, and I, you know, I think Eckler kind of fits in that category, but he's going to be towards the end of the 30-year-old 30, uh, 30 range, I should say. And you know, that's uncomfortably a tough spot in history for yeah. when it comes to running backs. So. Yeah, nothing but love for Eckler on this show, especially with all he does. You know, you got so many players that are anti-fantasy. This guy actually embraces the fantasy community, so we love this guy, but he's going to have a tough uh, contract negotiation coming up. No beating around the bush there. Yeah, hey, let's get a word from our sponsors before we dive into the program here from Circus Sports. Get ready for millions guaranteed. It's the biggest pro football contest in Vegas, and they're back and bigger than ever before with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. Enter Nevada, play from anywhere two ways to win and no uh, no rake play circle million make five picks against the spread each week with a 100 payback two players the grand finale winner takes home one million dollars last place uh takes home a hundred thousand uh, dollar booby prize with quarterly and full season payouts six million dollars is guaranteed join circus survivor to select one team each week straight up with no repeat selections if the team loses or ties that entry is eliminated each team can only be picked once in a season go uh Go 20-0 or be the last person standing to win it all. Yeah, go 20-0. Have that infamy. Uh, go ahead and get every single pick wrong. It'll be fantastic. Or uh, be the last person standing to win it all. $8 million guaranteed, four, uh, $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit circusports.com for more details. We talked about the news or lack thereof when it comes to the running back signings. It's going to be interesting with the quarterbacks, and I don't know if you've done a whole lot of draft prep. I know when I was doing the Wednesday show with Jim uh, Jim Coventry, well, he's already been in five or six different expert leagues. I've had an idea 
of more or less how I want to structure my teams and my strategies moving forward. Mm -hmm. But of course, we're in mid-July, right? And you've done a few, at least um, the Scott Fishbowl, and you were at Mm -hmm. least around while the Vegas drafts were going on this past week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. uh, I mean, I've done a handful of best balls. And, you know, of course, we're in round 19 of the fishbowl right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in, I mean, we're, we just started our rookie draft for our staff dynasty league, which, of course, the staff dynasty league and, and fishbowl don't really, the formats are so out there that, it, you know, it's not going to really apply to most of your 12 team redrafts here. So I guess the uh, the framing of this decision is a, you know, a 12 team standard scoring uh, redraft league when we start to talk about these kinds of dilemmas. But, <clears throat> the first one we're going to discuss, I actually ran into in Fishbowl, and it's uh, you know they're they're unique because they you can start two quarterbacks, you get six points for passing touchdowns, you get points for completions, and points for first downs, which makes uh, quarterbacks you know super valuable in this league. So I, I drafted seven overall, and uh, five of the first six were quarterbacks taken. So that kind of gives you a hint here. But uh, I I went a little bit of a different direction, and I didn't take a quarterback uh, until round three at which point I had the following dilemma. Mm, yeah, and the dilemma you're for, referring to is Kirk Cousins, Mr. Netflix himself, or Dak Prescott, who are going right around the same spot. Prescott's ADP over the past couple of weeks has been picked 90, so quarterback 11, and then Cousins at 97, so quarterback 12. Not quite a round difference, but if you're deciding between one quarterback or another at that point and you've missed out on those first seven, which you've listened to my past podcasts, I'd say don't do. I, I need to have somebody in the Trevor Lawrence and – higher tier. And if it's that, I, I feel like I failed. But if you're mm-hmm. avoiding that, if, if you're you're choosing to wait on quarterbacks, uh, and you certainly can, if you have Prescott uh, as your QB 11 or Cousins QB 12, there's an interesting point to make, I think, for both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're so neck and neck in this decision here. And, uh, you know, I can't fault either way, but, you know, we're here to have a debate. We're here to talk about this dilemma because generally, I mean, you and I might look at this differently. I will, I'll take, if, if, if the market overcorrects the quarterbacks and and the top tier falls to maybe the third round, then I'll think about it. But generally, I'm the guy that's going to be one of the last people to take a quarterback and shoot for somebody in in, the, in that later tier or shoot for someone like Cousins and Dak that will be serviceable here. So I, I laid it out and I started comparing the two of them. Uh, Cousins has surprisingly been more durable than Dak over the last uh, you know five plus years. You know, Dak's missing games left and right, whereas Cousins, you know, the consistency he has been it's been 16 games over and over again which is surprising to me because I started looking in the numbers you know he's always among the league leaders in sacks taken and quarterback hits and it's specifically quarterback knockdowns he led all quarterbacks in that category last season he was number four in 2021 and number two in 2020 so he is getting he's getting tossed around really you know the offensive line is not giving him a lot of help so could that you know lead to something you know as he gets further and further into his 30s that's really all speculative you know at at this point in time here so um in the end you got to pick between the two of them I ended up going Kirk Cousins and my reasoning being that I took Justin Jefferson in the first round I was the first guy you know because like I said Kelsey went first in our league then we saw five quarterbacks and then I was up I went ahead and I took the number one overall uh, pick in standard leagues. Now, you could argue that maybe this wasn't the best move in the Scott Fishbowl format, but I like how my team played out. And, you know, Jefferson was my first-round pick and Cousins was my third-round pick. Now, again, Cousins is going to be way way lower in ADP once we get to the, uh, the real thing. But, you know, when faced with this dilemma, I took Cousins because of the structure of my team. But I might actually be leaning towards Dak just a little bit. I mean... Looking at the surrounding circumstances of these two teams, both of them lost uh, their RB1, 
right? You know, Ezekiel Elliott, well, who knows, maybe Ezekiel signed back with the Cowboys <laughs> at, again, a very low uh, market price. Cowboys have a lot of running back situations going on here with Pollard here not agreeing to, uh, you know, the franchise tag and, or an extension. So that, that'll get interesting over there. But both lost RB1s here. Um, and... Also, I mean, Kirk Cousins lost Adam Thielen, who was one of his favorite targets over the past few years. He picked up Jordan Addison in the draft. You know, we'll see what uh, you know what, what he can bring. But I know that uh, I, I know that there are a lot of big fans of Jordan Addison around here at Rotowire. He was the third overall pick in our rookie draft that just started uh, on Monday. So um, you know, correctly, he, yes. he, that was the correct number three overall pick. Yeah. It was a non-super flex league, so you, mm-hmm. no Richardson, Bryce Young, uh, yeah. CJ Stroud, none of that was in there. Mm-hmm. That's who I would take number three, uh, yeah. all things considering. Yes, exactly. So, you know, we're, we're positive on his outlook. You know, the, the Cowboys picked up uh, Brandon Cooks. They should have a, you know, we say this every year, but maybe they'll have a more healthy Michael Gallup, who, by the way, I just took in round 18? Nope, 19. Round Gallup was my 19th round pick in the fishbowl uh, just a moment ago. Um, so, he, you know, the the offenses, the, they, yeah, they change a little bit. Um, I think all things even, I am probably taking Dak, but just based on the structure of this team, I took Kirk, and that's how close it is. Where are you on this uh, on this debate? The top five QBs it was Mahomes, Hurts, Allen. L- was Lamar in your in your Scott Fishbowl? Lamar four or oh. Field, well Fields four? Was Lamar five? Nope. It was uh, Lamar was four. It was it was Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Jackson, Burrow. Burrow. Then so you I, passed over Herbert and Fields to take correct. Justin Jefferson. And Herbert and Fields were, went right after me, and then Trevor Lawrence went at 12. So that's kind of where things stood there. So Yeah, I'm taking you know. Herbert in that scenario. And again, in Superflex League, it's got extra extra stuff with the Scott Fishbowl, as we're all familiar with. Okay. Uh, no, I agree with you. You know, Because you had Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins is the right stack play. Stack him up. Right? And frankly, you could probably get Jordan Addison too, and that's that's totally fine. I think Jordan Addison is going to be awesome this year. Count me among the many of the Riddleware people here who is all in on Jordan Addison mm-hmm. um, as a value point. We'll probably talk about that in a later podcast. Yeah, exactly. you know, what are our favorite values? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm too rookie averse for my own good, and plus I had Jefferson and my general disdain for the Vikings overall. <laughs> I, I took as much as I could stomach. Right? I took as much as I could stomach. What do you? You're that's Mr. Terrace Marshall. How can be rookie yeah. averse? You've been talking about Terrace Marshall for three not three years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm finally ready to uh, to give that one up. That, that, I, anyway, I'm going to chalk I'm that one you. up as an L. Put it on the on the board back here, Jake L. Number. Yeah, okay. I'm with you on Dak Prescott, and I'll take that too. One thing, at least, to point out though, is the Vikings defense should theoretically be worse. Like they lost to Darius Smith. Patrick Peterson's no longer there. Uh, I know they made a bit of a move to get their secondary better, and you'd think their draft picks from last year should help improve things more. I also think. Um, Getting the defensive coordinator away from the Dolphins, or I guess he wasn't. With the, he was the Steelers last year. I'm blanking on his name. Help me with it. He was the Dolphins' head coach, Brian Flores. When getting Brian Flores as your defensive coordinator should make things better. As a Packers fan, I would much rather have had Brian Flores than anything we have a defensive coordinator this year. Uh, Joe Barry, leave please for us to have a shot at anything more than six wins. So I'm 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 less of the opinion that the Vikings will be uh, in shootouts all the time. Like I, I even with the Dalvin Cook release and playing through Alexander Mass now. That offense, I think, functions pretty much the same way, which was Cousins right around QB10, not much higher. And I think Prescott, with the Brandon Cooks part of things, has upside. Now, he had a lot of turnovers last year, um, but I do think it was kind of fluky. You know, a few of those things can can be massaged out. The NFC East is a much harder division. You know, like how many times you're really playing, wanting to play Prescott against the Eagles or even the Commanders, given the defensive line, whereas Kirk Cousins, you want him against every single NFC North opponent 
for sure. Um, unless Joe Barry really turned things around, crossing fingers. Uh, yeah, so I, I would take Prescott as well too, but it's tough. I don't want a QB at all for this exact reason. It's not very convincing to me to have either one of those. And I think for the other QB dilemma, which we'll talk about here yeah, in a second. Okay, so before we get to that, though, you said you don't want a QB at all. Is that because you're taking one earlier? Yeah. Or you find you have a scrubbier one or a lower ADP one in mind for later than that? You, you always want to get one by then. I will, uh, unless I have literally fallen asleep in a draft. Yes, it's happened. Uh, I am a fantasy analyst, but I will not lie to you. Sometimes that occurs. Uh, where fall I, asleep in a draft. I fall mean, asleep we also in like a draft. to drink beer. So. No, I, well, no, I'm not drinking beer. I'm a professional in that regard. I'm not drinking beer during the drafts unless it's a friends and family one, which, you know. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. I'm, I, I, okay. I'm way That's too focused on my draft. Yeah. I will take one of the first seven QBs. And if I have to go higher than their ADP, uh, if I'm – being overly aggressive, I don't care because I think this Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott tier is at such a disadvantage to Trevor Lawrence, not Deshaun Watson per se. I don't want to draft him for other reasons, but mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, you know, Jill, like every one of those first seven guys. What about Tua? How does he fit into this? He's in this Kirk and Dak where um, he's the one. He's the only one. I guess with Anthony Richardson, he's they closer have closer to Kirk and Dak than he is to Fields and Lawrence. That's for sure. But there's that injury part where I'm like, no, I, I don't want to deal with that. I'll take Justin Herbert uh, five rounds earlier, who has a similar upside. I think will be astronomically good um, from a fantasy perspective, and I don't have to worry about uh, his career might be over with one bad hit. That so I I will take a quarterback of those first seven before I ever have to make this decision. And it feels the same way as if you're taking Travis Kelsey over any other tight end. Like that that's the advantage I think these first seven QBs are going to have over a tight end, I'm sorry, over quarterbacks mm-hmm. in this range. And it's why I think these dilemma things are dumb because I'm not taking an Aaron Rodgers. I'm not taking a Jared Goff. I'm not taking Anthony Richardson. Yep, exactly. I will have one of these first seven because the mm-hmm. difference is so dramatic to me. Yeah. So I guess when compiling these dilemmas, I went later down the list because I thought we would see more eye to eye in terms of quarterback selection. Yes, I do like these quarterbacks. And, you know, would I like to have a top seven? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that would be nice. But I am more likely to do, uh, well, let's say for for example, you take Kelsey early, it has to be in the first round, right? Then you're building up your running backs and receivers, right? I don't really want to be taking a quarterback after that. Or you're just building up your running backs and receivers as is because of the steep drop-off in running backs you're going to find at about round four, five, six there. Um, so I, I, I am more averse. I don't mind taking uh, – or skipping on that tier of quarterbacks and grabbing someone later on and shaking the dice and replacing, um, because that because that, that's just how you know how I've done it my entire uh, fantasy career in this stead. Now there has been times like last year in the stake league draft or even in the. Um, or even in the uh, the Rotowire fishbowl, whatever P wants to call it, his, his emulation of the Scott's invitational. Fishbowl. This the invitational, yes, exactly. Um, in those situations, when Patrick Mahomes fell to the fourth round, or I could get Patrick Mahomes for twelve dollars at auction in Stake League, then yes, absolutely, I was ready to take one. But also, there was a little bit of a buy low with Mahomes because he was he was ranked four or five coming in just because he got hurt and didn't play the whole season. Ooh, spooky, you know. So there are situations, yes, when I when I well, I'll go ahead and I'll. Uh, and I'll invest. But for the most part, I'm looking at some of these dilemmas towards the end. So the next one I wrote down, which is a group of guys that are all neck and neck. I put three, four guys in here. Um, Aaron Rodgers, ADP 118, quarterback 17. Jared Goff, ADP 117, quarterback 16. So we're talking one apiece. These are as close as you get. And, uh, you know, right right there with them is Russell Wilson. And also, I kind of threw him in late, but Anthony Richardson is uh, 15 in NFFC's ADP over the past month. It goes Richardson, Goff, Rodgers, Wilson. And Richardson is, they're all within uh, 10 
overall ADP spots of each other. Um, and Richardson's only with he's only you know one and a half ADP ahead of Goff over the last month. Now I find that funny because in Fishbowl, coming back in the second round, I took Jonathan Taylor, and then right after me. Deshaun Watson and Anthony Richardson went. So team six started off Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson. Team five started off Lamar Jackson, Anthony Richardson. And then I got to be, you know, all the way back before I took Cousins. They took Richardson before, uh, or wait, it's third round reversal here. So, uh, or no, 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 no I, I have that right. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I, I took Cousins there, but coming back, it got to me, it got to be this dilemma. It was Rogers, Goff, or Wilson, because because uh, because Richardson was off the board here. I had to pick one of those three players um, because if I don't take a quarterback there in the fourth round, right, I'm looking at a not picking up a not starter or a very bottom tier, someone that's definitely not guaranteed to start 16 games. So that's how I originally started this off with Rogers, Goff, or Wilson here. Um, before I go into my thing any further, did you have a preference of these guys? Yeah, none of them. You know, as we discussed, I, I, I will <laughs> you gotta not. you got to pick one, though. Go I, no, who are you I, picking? Who I'm, you I'm taking Anthony Richardson of this group. And I was going to say, if anyone, was, if anyone was to replicate the second year, first year starter, Patrick Mahomes numbers or – Lamar Jackson's MVP year, or even Justin John Fields. Watson's breakout. If we go a little further, sure, yeah, or or Justin Fields. Right, I'm, I'm talking about quarterbacks twelve and later. It's Anthony Richardson, and I and I like the Shane Steichen factor. I think he's going to be a difference maker for the Colts um, at head coach. We saw you know what he did with Jalen Hurts. Also, he was the offensive coordinator when Justin Herbert really exploded for the Chargers too. Like he's got a really good quarterback resume, and I think Richardson has all the gifts. But I have some concerns here, and I'm I'm not expecting Richardson to be that kind of uh, quarterback in year one. That just seems unlikely given yes. what he didn't do at Florida throughout college. So I, if there's one QB that performs like it, it's Richardson. So I'm fine if people are drafting him if that's the case. You're not excited about Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott or Derek Carr. By the way, Carr is the guy I like most out of all these veteran options. Mm-hmm. But their veteran options will be safe uh, and reliable. They're going to lose. They're going to lose your league, Jake. You're, you're going to lose because you have those guys because you're not getting the 35-point games out of Justin Herbert and Mahomes and Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. But that's fine. If you want to go ahead and choose to lose your games, Jake, I'm all for it. Yeah, when they're going ahead and starting, you know, your Madisons and your McKinnons while I'm starting, you know, John. No one's starting McKinnon. <laughs> no, th- that's not who's being drafted in uh, like a, round seven or eight. deep roster here. Yeah, I, I'm serious. If people are going to have to start those. I, I'll, I'll go for some balance. I'll figure the out Scott Fishbowl is a on. different realm uh, than anything else that we're actually fair drafting. Enough, in. Fair enough, fair enough. And this is my first year, so I, I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't act like I know the thing yet. But, um, but so, okay. So in any case, back to the dilemma. I'm worried about Richardson because, again, this draft starts July 10th, right? And as far as we know right now, Gardner Minshew is supposed to be starting Week One now. We'll see what happens here. We've barely scratched the surface on training camp. So I wanted to go with something a little more stable. And when, when it, what it came down to for me, uh, when picking between Roger and I didn't even, like I said, I didn't even have the Richardson chance. So because people are high on them, but between picking between Rogers, uh, Goff and Russell Wilson, I ended up going Aaron Rodgers, And honestly, it was a gut feeling because, uh, Rogers plays the best when he has something to prove here. And, um, you know, it's looking like if the supporting cast might be a little better. We found out today that apparently Brees Hall believes he's going to be healthy for week one. You know, we'll see about that. That's interesting. You know, he's got, um, he's got some, he's got some weapons. Uh, you know, Lazard followed him over there. You know, Garrett Wilson should be better. Uh, you know, he's got the, the, the offense on the whole looks like it could be pretty dangerous here. Now, of course, Rogers way up there in age and, uh, less mobile than he used to be. But, uh, you know, we'll see how things go with the fresh, uh, with, with, with fresh scenery there. Jared Goff is interesting. Goff might be more 
I don't know. He he like he doesn't excite me a ton, but he should also have some decent games. I mean, the Lions put up a lot of points in a lot of games last year. Goff had a few 35 bangers down the stretch, if I remember correctly, and uh, that definitely helped in leagues where you lost your quarterbacks. Otherwise, Russell Wilson, as much as I'm a big believer in buy low here, I don't know if we can pin that entire thing on Nathaniel Hackett, and I don't know if Sean Payton's going to suddenly turn him around to Pro Bowl caliber quarterback here. So it's interesting here. Um, you know, Russell Wilson is probably going to go undrafted in some uh, in some redraft formats, but I don't mind scooping him up with one of my last picks and seeing what happens because we're going to find out in a week or two how it goes with him. So in the end, it ended up being mostly a gut feeling for me with Rodgers, and that's why I went that way. So my two quarterbacks in Fishbowl are Cousins and Rodgers, and you know we'll see where it goes from there. Well, you as a Packer fan, too, has to have to root for a little bit of Aaron Rodgers uh, in I a different color think, green. I actually think when we get to our over-unders at the end of the year, I'm going to take the under on the Jets' win total, whatever it is, if it, even if it's 7.5, because that division is so damn hard, and I don't know if it's going to hold up. Uh, that whole team is going to hold up the way we think. But as far as fantasy production... And uh, for, from here on out, I also took Trey Lance super late in this draft. Mm. I think uh, I think he's the ultimate buy low that we you know we can talk, we can do shows like that a little bit later on. But that's where I stood on my quarterback dilemmas. Uh, any any other further comments on those? Or are you cool to move on? I'm cool to move on from quarterbacks. We spent a long time. We always do this, right? In the regular season, we spent so dang long on quarterbacks and have to rush the rest. When, yeah, when they're when they're not actually that important in this case. Yeah. Hey, let's take a word for our sponsors here, Blue Wire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so we're back now. We just talked about the quarterbacks for probably far too long in terms of drafting dilemmas. For a lot of people, it's going to be the running back position and what you're really doing, especially in the first 20 or so picks. 
late first round pick, you're probably considering running backs a little bit more uh, as opposed to the early ones where Jeff- Jefferson and Chase and Cup and Tyreek Hill are all around. And I think that's where the first dilemma that I want to present to you really kind of jumps into play. So you have Jonathan Taylor, who again, in recent NFFC drafts is getting taken around pick 14, that's running back four, or Saquon Barkley, who is pick 15 and running back five. I'll throw another one at the end here, and I know you're going to like him, but I don't want to confuse you because this is really the important part. We just talked about Barkley to begin the show with, hey, he's got the contract stuff going on. You never really know what's going to happen with all the different conversation that's been occurring with it. But let's just say, pretend right now Barkley's going to play. You're not going to miss one week one due to contract. How are you uh, figuring out this dilemma? Yeah, so in my – this is another one that I had because I decided I wasn't going to take a quarterback in the second round. Actually, you know what? I didn't even have this dilemma because Saquon Barkley was taken right before me and I ended up taking Jonathan Taylor. But they are so close. These guys are neck and neck. And we're talking over the last month in the NFFC, 14.3 for Jonathan Taylor, 14.89 for Saquon Barkley. And all things equal, I think it would be fair to go Saquon Barkley first. I think he might... Just naturally, slightly more talent and slightly more explosive, and uh, a little less tread on the tires too. Because we, you know, we talk about the the big usage for Jonathan Taylor in college coming in, in into the league, and of course, maybe that caught up to him a bit towards the end of last season. But you know, he he he's fresh. So you know, all things considered, it would be Barkley a little more explosive. But man. I do think this running back situation here is starting to reach a tipping point of a bubble bursting of, of, of something, you know, something's got to happen here. Saquon Barkley is clearly unhappy. Uh, they are way too far apart. Both sides thought that they were getting somewhere and they most certainly did not. Like we're talking several million apart, you know, allegedly from, from what the rumors you look into. So I don't know if there's going to be a tipping point. If, if Saquon um, goes and signs that tender What's to say, you know, he comes up week one and maybe his ankle's hurting him a little bit or something like that, you know, and, he, and maybe he's not quite good to go. Um, again, now maybe I'm reading too much into the narrative aspect of this and, you know, who knows what kind of, I, I, don't, I don't know him personally. I don't know what kind of a person he is, if uh, he would do this or not, but it certainly would be in his best interest to if he's being forced to sign for below value at the franchise tag and not be able to test the open market, you know, like, like someone like him certainly does. So there's a lot of that kind of juju at least happening for me, where at least you don't have to worry about that with, uh, with Jonathan Taylor. And there are a lot of things that of course, um, make Jonathan Taylor attractive to me. I'm a huge, I'll say it over and over again, to be analysts, we have to think of these players like stocks. And what's the biggest, uh, you know, motto or mantra of a, of a day trader. You have to buy low and sell high last year or what was it? Two years ago, Saquon Barkley was, you know, number one in ADP or or close to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Then he gets injured. All of a sudden, last year, he's about 14 in ADP. I remember partners that we uh, sell data to complaining about how high we had Saquon Barkley ranked last year because that's just that's just too high relative to ADP. And, you know, we, people misuse ADP all the time. But, um, but Saquon's ADP was at the turn last year, and suddenly he ended up RB6 or something like that. But close to – I mean, if you get a top five R, R running back with your first-round pick, you did something right, you're likely in the playoffs and and, uh, and are making moves here. So anyway, I see a similar narrative this year, right? Last year, Jonathan Taylor was number one pick overall, far and away, easily the undisputed RB1 heading into drafts. Suddenly he gets banged up towards the end of the year. The Colts don't quite play like uh, like he's hoping. 
and now his ADP is back down to 14. It's at the turn, early second round or at the turn. I think very much think that the same thing could end up turning around and happening here. I think Jonathan Taylor could easily have a bounce back. You're buying low on him now. You're getting a possible top three overall player at a second round price. Um, without contract things, yeah, his contract's come and due, right? Next year, we're going to have this conversation here with Jonathan Taylor, but uh, this year we'll be okay. Um, you know, both teams had a lot of personnel changes around them. Um, you know, we talked at length about Anthony Richardson. I think somebody like that actually helps Jonathan Taylor a little bit. If, if for example, the defense has to have a Richardson spy because of how dangerous he can be, then suddenly that's one less guy to stack the box with and, and face Taylor. And Taylor's faced the, some of the most eight-man boxes out of uh, you know anyone in the league over the last few years. I think this offensive line, you know, we're split on this. We kind of wrote a wire ranks them. We have offensive line rankings. We put them in the middle of the pack. They're about thirteen, which is a pretty big fall from Grace because a couple of years ago they were running away top three so they're you know maybe heading in the wrong direction but we throw the giants all the way down at 28 here so if you take those in 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 any consideration here uh you know theoretically taylor should have the better line in front of him i'm taking the bounce back a little bit more fresh given the time that he missed towards the end of last year and just you know Again, if it was general availability and two and both of them were on the same teams and we knew that contracts were set, it would go to Saquon. But I think I'm going to be more inclined to take Taylor. Now, again, we're talking mid-July draft day dilemmas, right? When we do late August draft day dilemmas, things could be totally different. But if I'm doing a July draft here, I'm playing it safe and going Taylor. Yeah, and uh, Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, two stud offensive linemen for the Colts did not play well last year. You know, they were, they were healthy for a large majority of the season and did not play well. You had Braden Smith, the right tackle, who was not healthy. He'll be back this season. If you if you believe the talent, and I really do, like especially Quentin Nelson, who's been Absolutely. as close to a can't-miss offensive lineman over the past three or four years that we've had, then then they should be fine. And I think the Shane Steichen factor with Anthony Richardson will help Jonathan Taylor even more. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. It feels very much like a guy that was consensus number one overall pick last year he had, what, five games missed or maybe like six games missed, but he, he played technically in two of them with the high ankle sprain dealing, you know, and he still got close to a thousand rushing yards when Matt Ryan and other really bad quarterbacks were under center for the Colts. And, and you can say what you want about Richardson. There's a level of athleticism that should help him. So I think Jonathan Taylor, I'm completely comfortable with him in the, uh, you know, beginning of the second round. So you have to back into the first round pick. I will also take Nick Chubb over Saquon Barkley too. Uh, and I've talked about this on a number of occasions with Jim Coventry, who is all in on the Browns this year. He's done a different uh, betting article on him every week. It feels like, I mean, no Kareem Hunt there. Jerome Ford is your only backup. Let's just say it's now Nick Chubb who runs and catches the ball with an offense that has Deshaun Watson, another pass catcher in Elijah Moore, mm-hmm. an offensive line that's pretty good, and a defense that's pretty good and probably controls the tempo more than we might anticipate. I think Nick Chubb is going to be like a top three, four, five overall fantasy running back and is getting taken in that mid-second round, early second round range yeah. too. Yeah, Nick Chubb at with an ADP of 20. I mean, are people just expecting some kind of fall off? You know, did he reach a magic running back age number? No, that guy's awesome. I agree that, uh, you know, not having Hunt signed uh, is, is going to help him. That team will be better. And uh, what was the – there was just a poll they did. I don't know if it was NFL owners or coaches, but they did the top running back in the league, and Chubb was voted number one mm. by his peers. Um, you know, he has – he commands a certain level of respect, and he, he's a very safe pick. I, I, I definitely uh, – I, you know, I, I'm most certainly taking Chubb over Pollard Henry Jacobs, who are the guys behind him. You know, I don't, don't need to stretch there. And, and you're right. I, I could very much see taking Chubb over Saquon if Saquon continues to be disgruntled. 
Yeah, any drafts that you are in with me, you can safely assume that if I have a late first-round pick and it's between Devontae Adams, Jonathan Taylor, and Nick Chubb, I'm going to take either one of those running backs. And that, that would go for, mm-hmm. at this point, probably CeeDee Lamb, who I liked a little bit earlier this offseason. And I'm, I, I, and I, I like the running backs more. That's, that's where I'm at. I don't know if he's in this office. Didn't Saquon, I remember seeing a video of someone sticking Saquon in like seven overall on their – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor uh, in the Vegas draft that we did this past week when we were on our Circa Vegas retreat. Again, thank you, Circa Sports, for helping us uh, have a lot of fun with that. Those guys Uh, rule. Jim Coventry took Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor 12 and 13. I think Saquon went to Jason Chabilsky at either seven or eight, which is fine. You know, and and that's Mm -hmm. there's a a difference. That was a non super flex league. It's a full point. In a month from now, but I I love that start for Coventry. Good for him. Yeah, I think I think it was fantastic as well too. Uh, frustrating because I was hoping Nick Chubb would fall, but you know, we have too many savvy drafters uh, in those things, and it's you know silly to try to anticipate that's going to occur. Here's one running back I did end up taking in the Vegas draft, and that's Travis Etienne. Uh, not surprisingly, we had John McKechnie, our college football analyst for a long time now, and does a lot of the good stuff with the rookies. Had Jameer Gibbs taken two picks after I did with Etienne. Now. I took ET in the beginning of the third round, and then Gibbs went, what, two picks after that? So also beginning of the third round. That's probably higher than his NFFC ADP. ETN's at 41. Gibbs is around that same mark there. Running backs 13 and 14, respectively. I really believe ETN is in for a solid season. Anyone trying to talk to me about Tank Bigsby or Dearness Johnson taking the workload away from Travis ETN has this all wrong. I want those guys to take workload away from ETN. Yes, he broke out last season in large part after that James Robinson trade. But in my mind, ETN's a 15 to 20 touch guy at the most, much like what the Cowboys want Tony Pollard to be at times last season, and certainly while Zeke was on the roster. I think ETN is going to be one of the best pass catchers out of the backfield, certainly better than Big Spear, Ernest Johnson. And uh, frankly, he's going to be somebody that gets a guaranteed 1,300 yards, whether it be running or receiving. And that's your running back two or three if you kind of play things a different way. So I <laughs> I love ETN a lot. Um, no no disrespect to Jameer Gibbs, who I think I like a lot more than some people around the office. But I think ETN's got the high upside potential and in an offense that's really, really good where I'm going to take him just about every time I can. Yeah, you couldn't get a closer call based on NFFC ADP. Both of them, I mean, over the last month, Jameer Gibbs is 40.76. ETN is 40.82. We're talking six six hundredths of a decimal point away. So this is a, a dilemma that you're likely going to have to face in the third round of a lot of drafts here. And this is one where Joe... I honestly agree with you. You know, um, I for the most part, even though there's been some exceptions over the last few years, I consider my, myself pretty rookie averse in, in fantasy. But that's not just all of it here. Um, people tend to forget. Okay, so yeah, they Detroit maybe stretched a little bit for using the the early draft pick here here on Gibbs. You know, when people weren't expecting him to go until the second round, and you'd think that that's enough of a cost to put into this that Detroit would want to use him. Detroit also signed David Montgomery three years, $18 million, and they certainly didn't sign him to sit on the bench. This is the same team and the same coaching staff, really, that let DeAndre Swift, who was breaking tackles and playing well when given the chance, they let him sit and gave Jamal Williams all the high-leverage touchdown carries. I see some similarities here, um, you know, in, in these types of backs and, and what they might be used for. And, you know, we don't know yet. It's still early in the year. We don't know how quick Gibbs is going to catch on to the whole scheme and what they're trying to do here. But there's a much bigger direct threat to Gibbs's touches in Detroit than there is to ETNs in Jacksonville. So I'm going to be pretty low. I'll, chances are I'll be pretty low on both of these guys 
No, I'll get in on ETN some this year, but I'm going to be pretty low on Gibbs this year. And when they're put head-to-head like this, to me it seems like it's a no-brainer. I'm I'm rolling ETN. I love the entirety of the Jaguars' offense this year. You know, they might be a 500 team. They might be a 500 team, but they... uh, but they are going to put up a whole lot of points, and, uh, and, and yeah. So this 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 was a pretty easy call for me. I was just surprised. I mean, this is the closest ADP that we're going to get. Uh, you know, when talking these dilemmas on the show. Yeah, um, like I said, spoiler. We're going to talk about more Jacksonville Jaguar players in just a bit because this is probably one of the more surprising dilemmas. In that it actually is a dilemma to me. It's not, uh, and it has to do with a Jaguars receiver. So you know mm-hmm. that that I'm I'm in on ETN yes. too, and. Um, you know, the AFC South plays the NFC South this year. Probably the two worst divisions in football. Maybe the NFC North is close. Um, and definitely compelling from that perspective. Yep. Let's let's talk about those receivers before we do well, so get a word from our do we want we promised the guys eight. We promised the guys eight. Can we do like 30 seconds on the one running back dilemma? All right, go ahead. Okay, Cam Akers versus Miles Sanders, right? We're talking RB21, RB22, right? Um, I'm skipping both of these guys, full disclosure. You know, guess who has two th- – I wrote here. Guess who has two thumbs and is taking the best receiver on the board at that spot? That's right here. Um, but gun to my head, I'm taking Sanders. Four years, $25 million. That's, that's not nothing with how these running backs have been going. And to me, I see less competition from guys like Chuba Hubbard for, uh, for Sanders than, you know, Sony Michelle or whatever for Cam Akers. Also, we ranked the Rams' offensive line dead last in the entire league here. So um, – you just they've got rookies starting, they've got existing injuries they're coming back from. It's just not good. So it's Miles Sanders over Cam Akers for me. I don't mind Miles Sanders. Um, and I think there's a bit of a a downgrade on him currently because he's going to the Panthers team led by a rookie quarterback who I at least have re- some reservations for. I think Miles Sanders might be pretty good, and I agree with you, is not gonna get pushed by Chuba Hubbard from a workload perspective. We're probably doing another podcast on worst draft picks that you can make right now. Cam Akers is on my list. I think I think he is easily one of the worst. And frankly, it's one of those litmus tests. When I hear um, other draft experts say they like Cam Akers, I know, all right, yep, you're wrong. Great. Want to be in your leagues because there's no way in my mind he is going to be successful this year. That's a different podcast, probably These for guys a different are data. 0.04 in ADP. Apart. Yeah, not even, even. And I've seen Akers go one. way higher. Like if, if anyone gets overdrafted, it's yep. Akers. Ne- mm-hmm. Never jump the gun on Miles Sanders, which yep. is fine. Like, I get I just, that. I just wanted everybody to know that. Okay. We have three dilemmas left for two positions. Let get, <laughs> let's get the sponsor word in. All right. Uh, by now, this is for Reality Sports Online. Most of you have heard of Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go and see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, Contract extensions, first round options for rookies, automated contract and salary cap functionality, man, a lot, lot more. I think it sounds complicated. It's, it's not. I promise. The best thing about Reality Sports Online fantasy front office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires much more strategy. Clearly, think you're among the fantasy elite. Well, this platform is here for you to test your mental. Still not sure? Well, you can test out general manager skills for free in mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code ROTOWIRE, R-O-T-O-WIRE, to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. I just mentioned it before with the wide receivers. This is perhaps, I think, the most puzzling draft day dilemma that I see right now. I might not like Cam Akers, but I understand why someone would take him over Miles Sanders. I do not understand how Jerry Judy is anywhere close in terms of ADP to Kelvin Ridley. Right now, at least on NFFC current drafts, Jerry Judy is about ADP 44, wide receiver 19. Kelvin Ridley is only a little bit before then, ADP 42, 
wide receiver 18 to 20 range. And somehow in the drafts that have occurred here from between last night and today, I don't know who uh, stretched on Jerry Judy, but he went up to 42 and Ridley's down at 44 and Drake London sitting in between them. And I like Ridley way, way more than Drake London or Jerry Judy or even Amari Cooper, but we're starting to get close there. Um, I, I like Ridley a lot this year. People forget he got a whole season off, not because he was injured, because he uh, bet on a couple of games in Florida. You know, big whoop. Um, who knows, you know, again, he didn't tear his ACL and sit out the whole season. He, uh, you know, got, got to relax, got to take a year off in the middle of his prime. If anything, his body should be right, and he should be ready to go. He's got arguably the best quarterback that he's ever had in his career. I think we can call Trevor Lawrence better than late-year Matt Ryan. I think it's debatable, but that's actually a compliment to Trevor Lawrence because I, I actually think late career Matt Ryan really wasn't as bad as people thought. Yeah, exactly. Is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer? Who knows? We could debate that the whole <laughs> Different show. podcast. Different podcast. Different <laughs> podcast. Anyway, but yeah, we're going to give him the uh, – and now listen, in the Scott Fishbowl that, that I did, it wasn't even a dilemma at all because I took him – at uh let's see where did i put this down i took i took ridley at 5.06 and judy didn't go until 8.07 so i guess we have a sharp league you know not now i'm not necessarily super low on jerry judy no disrespect to the man i think the offense will do better russell wilson has literally nowhere to go but up um and you know we'll see what sean payton can get out of these guys but um but man Ridley is just like the entire offense here is solid. Can you believe that Jerry Judy has yet to record a 1,000-yard receiving season and has just five career games of 100 yards in his career? Yeah, no, it's it's shocking. I, I was – I mean, it's been Where health, right? It's been health coming stuff. from? Yeah, I don't know. I, I understand that Nathaniel Hackett was a hack. Like you could maybe put some of that bad Broncos offense – on him, mm-hmm. you can't put it entirely. We That's watched like last year, though. <laughs> we watched fifteen primetime games of the Broncos last year, and they were god awful in fourteen mm-hmm. of them. Like, it, I I do not understand this. So yes. Calvin Ridley is a really talented wide receiver in a good offense system, and again, AFC South faces a bunch of crappy teams. Also faces a bunch of crappy teams in the NFC South. Like that's. You are going to have Calvin Ridley automatically in your lineup every single week, and I'm not sure you say the same about Jerry Judy. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the last time Ridley played 15 games, he was good for 90 for 1374 and seven, or I'm sorry, nine touchdowns. And he is going to be age 28. We're talking full on prime for wide receiver. Contract year, too. Contract year as well. And, you know, his, for whatever reason, we list Christian Kirk number one on the depth chart over Ridley. I think Ridley's going to get back to wide receiver one territory. I don't think it matters. I mean, that offense yeah. can cater to both. And, and if one, one, a, one B, yeah. Yeah, if, if one's going to be better, I do. Th- I agree with you. I think it's I think it's Ridley. Yeah. Um, this is a bit of an interesting one. Cause it's a multiplayer one, whereas we've had mostly two, maybe three. So, yeah. Michael Pittman, Brandon Ayuk, Deontay Johnson, and then Tyler Lockett are all around ADP sixty four to sixty eight in that range. And again, wide receiver twenty eight to thirty one of those four. You have Michael Pittman, obviously now with a new quarterback, new offensive system. Brandon Ayuk. Broke out, I think that's fair to say, last year, but going to theoretically have Christian McCaffrey healthy, George Kittle healthy, Debo Samuel healthy, and Brock Purdy not healthy. Deontay Johnson, you're pinning a lot on Kenny Pickett. Can he improve in year two? Kind of has to, I feel like, even though no one really wants to discuss how Kenny Pickett actually wasn't very good last year. And then there's Tyler Lockett, who's getting pushed by Jackson Smith and Jigba, but also has been the picture perfect 
a thousand yard receiver, kind of in the same way Mike Evans yeah. has and Brandon Cooks too. So really interesting point for all four of these guys. Mm-hmm. I went through this in my head, looking at all the stats, getting ready to go through this. I was actually ready to take Deontay Johnson um, as this. And I know a lot of people don't like him. You know, I'll make the positive TD regression example here. You know, he scored zero touchdowns last year after having eight touchdowns the year before. So, you know, in case you didn't know, I'm sure every analyst has made this argument before. He only had four less red zone targets last year than he did in 2021. So something's got to give there. I do like Deontay Johnson, but really... I was I ended up taking kind of the boring play and that's Tyler Lockett here. Now I saw a Reddit post in the fantasy football great community there that were basically like, wait a minute, is Tyler Lockett so underrated he's finally overrated? And looking into it, um, you know, I do have some concerns about Smith and Jigbu pushing him and uh and Geno Smith maybe having a little bit of a fluky last season, right? So I've got a little bit of concerns there, but Lockett is, he's 30 years old. He feels like he should be 35, right? He's been around for so long, um, and, and is, but, but he's just so consistency. He's played 16-plus games in five straight years. He's had eight-plus touchdowns in each of those five years, you know, over 1,000 yards consistently, each of those eight to 10 touchdowns, 70-plus catches in four of them. He is as consistent as they come. And at this point in the draft, all these guys do have some question marks. You know, Brandon Ayuk, too many mouths to feed. Um, is this breakout consistent? Michael Pittman, we just don't know about that offense. You know, the last couple quarterbacks loved to feed Pittman the ball when he was healthy. We don't know if we're going to get the same out of Minshew Richardson. It's just kind of a question mark there, even though Pittman's undoubtedly the number one receiver on that offense. Deontay Johnson, you know, you know, he's awesome, and I like him, and I'm probably taking him um, – you know, in that ballpark as well, if Lockett goes before then. But this is this ended up being me going with the boring pick and, and taking Tyler Lockett because at this point in the draft, I like steady. I like to get my points, and uh, Lockett seems to be the most steady out of that whole group. Yeah, and uh, I'll go even more boring yet. I'm not taking any of these guys. I don't want any of them. They have way too many question marks for me. I will be almost certainly taking a quarterback or a running back or Kyle Pitts or Dallas Goddard over this group because it just is not an enticing uh, spot for me whatsoever. So, okay, let's look at the overall list then. If we're going to talk about, uh, you know, dilemmas here, uh, Miles Sanders is in that group. Yep, over him, over all these guys. Over all these guys, DeAndre Swift, Damian Pierce. No, I hate both those guys. Rashad White. No, I guess I'll I'll, I'll take Swift. I'll take Swift over these receivers. Kyle Pitts or Deshaun Watson? Yes and yes. All right, so that gives us some – yeah, see, I'd probably take Lockett just because, again, I, I, I'm perceiving this as safe, and I think uh, he's going to be the man. Now, if I'm if if Lockett's off the board, I might actually consider Pitts. I love and you know not to not to bury the lead with our next segment here, but I, I love where he's going. This <laughs> Who are some receivers after these uh, after the Lockett Pittman? I uh, so um, I should mention that Mike Williams is right right before them by a hair. And is Mike Evans right after them? From Mike my, Evans is after them, but about 1080p spots down. And I like Mike Evans over all those guys. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, it's tough. Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett, they feel like they're boring picks. They're not flashy. You don't have to be flashy to win your draft. If you take a whole team of high upside sleeper guys, your team could very easily finish in last place. So you don't necessarily have to be flashy. Don't be afraid of guys like Lockett and Mike Evans. Yeah, you can really pick nits with Michael Pittman. I think you could definitely do it with Deontay Johnson. I know touchdown regression blah 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 but and uh, I, I don't Deontay Johnson is gonna he's a good route runner with good hands he's gonna get in PPR leagues this discussion changes significantly and yeah he, it he does and I also think Steelers offense is gonna be one of the worst in the league because uh, Kenny Pickett sucks you can uh, almost make a nowhere to go but up argument with Kenny Pickett and he at least down the stretch <laughs> no I, I don't targeted. think people agree with that <laughs> I think people are like he's a he's a first round QB it's like well no that class was awful 
awful, awful class. So great. Um, I, like I can't – it's like McDonald's being the best fast food options between Burger Kings and Arby's. Like who cares? They all <laughs> suck. Why Why do you – why are you happy about that? No, I yeah, I think the no Steelers offense – around, you just go hungry. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes, thank you. Culver's always a proud sponsor of us, but not really. Our unspoken um, sponsor. We're, we're trying, yeah. Five years in the running here to get Culver's to uh, support us in some capacity. No, I am uh, – like you could pick a lot of holes of that. You could do the same with Mike Evans, though. As much as I like him, it's like, hey, you want Baker Mayfield throwing to him? No. Do you want Kyle Trask? No. Um, and and I think that Buccaneers offense is going to be really bad, too. Uh, and I think that's where we're at right now in the NFL season where there's a lot of haves and a lot of have-not teams. And unfortunately, most of these guys in that same criteria – uh, are going to be dealing with that. So a word from our sponsors from Fantrax. For you fantasy football players out there, is there something you wish your fantasy league had or features that are missing from your current league? Well, like bonus scoring, for example, or custom schedules or playoffs, deeper team settings? Look no further because Fantrax has you covered uh, and is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for Dynasty, Keeper, Redraft, and Best Ball Leagues. Create or join a fantasy commissioner league, invite your friends, and dominate your draft of the season. Fantrax is the top Dynasty fantasy football platform in the industry. Coming from another service, well, that's not a problem because Fantrax can easily import any of your current leagues and rosters and customize if needed. Ever have a trade go wrong or make a mistake in dropping a player? Well, Fantrax Commissioner Tools help allow you to undo any move with one simple click. If there's anything lacking in your current fantasy league, Fantrax can help you too. Fantrax is running a special promotion that you won't want to miss. Sign up with free or sign up for free at Fantrax.com Rotowire today to enter for a chance to win tickets to any regular season NFL game for you and your entire league. Plus, you get $6,000 in spending cash. That's right. Tickets for your entire league. Simply create a new league or bring over your existing leagues for more chances to win. Go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Okay, we mentioned it, the tight end uh, ADP dilemma of all dilemmas, and that's Kyle Pitts around that 72 range at tight end five or Dallas Goddard at tight end six. I mean, honestly, I don't think you can go wrong because I talked about those receivers right before in that range. I like the tight ends over that spot. I like Deshaun Watson over that spot, but it is a roster construction dilemma, and I think it's fair to mention that Kyle Pitts has been disappointing, even though he's done relatively well from a production standpoint. This might be his lowest ADP uh, other than his rookie season. And even then, there are certain leagues where they're pushing him higher. So how are you answering this tight end dilemma? I'll go as far to say that this is probably the lowest we'll see Kyle Pitts' ADP in the next five years. Mm. I was um, I was very skeptical on him last year um, because I thought it's a little too high for a young tight end. Not that I didn't believe in his ability because I certainly do. Um, but I, I wasn't ready to pay that price last year. A fifth-round price, I am absolutely ready to pay. To a point where I might even target it. The same, yes, he had an MCL injury. He missed some time last year, but that shouldn't be an entire deal breaker for an entire physical breakdown, right? The same tools that had every single analyst in the entire building hyping this guy up to no end, calling him a Hall of Famer, all this stuff that way overhyped him last year, those same tools didn't just suddenly go away, right? He's still he's still that dude. He can be that dude. Drake London is your wide receiver one on that team. Who is your wide receiver two? Um, oh, let's see. Let's see. Mac Hollins. No. Nope. Scotty Miller. Yes. 
It's it's not it's a 500 receiving yard wide receiver too. It's not it's not an enticing exactly. thing. Exactly. No, the right answer is Kyle Pitts is your wide receiver yeah. too, and you get a tight end next to him, and you can put him in that tight end spot in your league. Um, now, of course, there are some question marks about quarterback play. What does Desmond Ritter bring to the table here? Is he going to be able to find him consistently? Is he going to target him accurately enough? Which, by the way, it shouldn't matter with someone as athletic as him. He should be able to go get balls. You'd think. He, yeah. You would think. You would think again. And uh, you know, I don't know the guy's body. He, he, Maybe the MCL. I don't think the MCL is an issue after a whole off season. Well, I think it's Arthur Smith. You know, that's that's where I'm yes. putting the blame on. Um, I had I wrote down my notes. I think Arthur Smith is the new Mike Shanahan. But in terms of it, instead of hating running backs like Mike Shanahan did, or fantasy managers who used running backs, I think Arthur Smith just hates fantasy players in general. Because other than Drake London, there really wasn't a fantasy asset from a receiver perspective. Mm-hmm. That offense is is wrong. Like that's that's not how you are going to be successful in the NFL. Maybe you can win a a one-off game, but if you're going against good teams in the playoffs, which is what most teams are striving to do, a lesser version of the Titans offense will not be successful. I'm sorry. So I'm hoping Arthur Smith can kind of pull his head out of his ass and use Kyle Pitts a little bit more because a little bit more makes him well worth a fourth round or third round pick where he was going. All it takes is maybe three or four touchdowns, right? That was the other part of things is that both Drake London and uh, Kyle Pitts weren't being utilized in the red zone. Mm -hmm. And I do think this is a anywhere but up scenario because Marcus Merida was not very good last year, not very good at all. And when Desmond Ritter came in, Drake London saw a big increase. And I think Kyle Pitts now in year two with his new quarterback could see a similar jump. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest risk with a guy like Pitts is the coaching staff and and how they're going to use him. So you're right. That is that is the number one concern here. But I still I'm going to believe in the physical tools and take this as the ultimate by low opportunity. You know, again, the theme by low post type sleeper, if you want to call it that. I think he's the definition of that. And um, I'm going to go ahead and buy him at this fifth round price. Would you still now, like? Would you take Goddard? I mean, is it like you're fading him all together? Or you're fine. It's not. It's not because I don't like Goddard. It's because okay. I like. I'd like Pitts at this price. Now Goddard, no knock. If I didn't like the receivers and running backs that were available to me at this point, I could. I could see taking Goddard. But I'm also not 100% sure what about his 55 catches for 702 and three touchdowns makes him tight end six overall. I think that's just because this is where the huge drop-off is. Is he going to be that much different than Evan Ingram, for example? Both of these teams have a lot of mouths to feed, um, and it could be some touchdown variance that makes the difference between which one of those guys ranks higher on the entire season here. But Goddard's fine. He's not a complete fade by any means, but I do group Goddard closer to Darren Waller and Evan Ingram than I do Kyle Pitts. Yeah, if I wasn't taking Travis Kelsey, my strategy has been thus far in drafts just to fade tight end altogether. We'll talk about guys that we like and values a lot. You know, I've mentioned Irv Smith a number of platforms. New Bengals tight end theoretically gets that Hayden Hurst production. That's more like your tight end 20 to 28 that I think can go a little bit higher. Juwan Johnson's a favorite for a lot of people. Again, if I like Derek Carr, Juwan Johnson theoretically bit same range. Dalton Kincaid, San Laporta, two rookie tight ends that are getting drafted pretty low. I think there is a point, though, where Dallas Goddard fall, and I think I took him in the seventh round of our Vegas draft, was fine. Because at at a certain point, there's just a floor production that you're happy with that you don't need to pray Irv Smith gets. It's not sexy, but you don't have to make a splash with every single pick. Right. So I I will take Kyle Pitts, and I think he is a sexy pick for where his ADP is going for. Oh, yeah. yeah, But there's nothing nothing wrong with Dallas Goddard at all. And uh, I think is actually safer 
than yeah. Evan Ingram, who I know signed that big deal just a couple exactly. days ago. And yeah. you're, you're going to get some flack from league mates probably for taking pits, even in round five. They're like, oh, you're going down this road again, right? <laughs> yes, and I know there's yeah. going to be a lot of people who took him last year and got totally burned that won't even touch him. And that's why his ADP is, is where it is. Is where it is here. So take advantage of these people. Every season's a new season. Buy low. You know, get these guys at their right price. Trying to not try to not go at these market fluctuations and, and react to them so wildly. But this is the time. Or yeah, this is um, this is exactly where you want to be buying someone like Pitts. Hey, before we head out, Jake, give the listeners an idea of where we can get more of the RotoWire product. And I know we got the iOS apps out right yeah. now. And yeah, stuff absolutely. Like that. So you can see down here, rotowire.com slash pod gets you a 48-hour trial to everything on the website here. Um, if you're just looking for help with your draft, which I know a lot of customers are, they don't want to sign up for the full NFL season, which, by the way, we offer the ability to you know import your league and get to customize advice tailored just to you all season on top of our regular Ask an Expert feature and all of our, our featured columns throughout the entirety of the year but i always like to you know if i had 30 seconds to push one rotowire product it would be the nfl draft kit app for ios devices this is 7.99 one-time fee um it gets you uh basically our you know on the website you can get our downloadable draft softwares we have a web version of this too but this gets you something to use on your iphone or your ipad and it is absolutely brilliant for keeping track of drafts you can keep track of 10 slow drafts at a time if you want to you can do your auctions and have it adjusted for inflation have live you know adjusting values based on who's been purchased already there's just so many things that you can do with the app and it's a cheat code you guys you get all of our latest player news all of our latest injury status you get to read all of our outlooks and a ton of articles are, are, are there on the app too so it really is a cheat i shouldn't even be saying this i really shouldn't be saying this because it costs a fraction of what it would to subscribe to the entire website but you get the very big bulk of the good features that you have. So I strongly, strongly recommend this iOS product. Please download it. was number it. one on the App Store, I think, uh, pretty yeah. recently, or think, at least yeah, from the sports app perspective. Every year we've reached number one, and we yeah. stuck around there for a couple of weeks in August. I think it was number two when I last checked. It'll be number one again pretty soon. It is consistent. It's you know it's there every year. It's a, it's a solid product to draft with, and I use it for a ton of my drafts here. When uh, you know I you know I like to do the drafting for my computer, right? And I'll maybe tag mm -hmm. along with my phone. You can obviously you can track every pick and, and put them in there, but there's also a draft just my team feature where you can just slide and go my team or other team if you want to do super fast, you know, and not spend too much time marking off players. There's just so much you can do with it. It's a cheat code to getting the whole Rotowire package here. So if you do get that and you enjoy it, we appreciate leaving a nice five star rating and review as we do of this podcast on iTunes, mm. Stitcher, or all your favorite podcast platforms. A nice five star rating and review would help us out a ton. Um, what else do we got to say, Joe? Like, subscribe, ring the bell, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. With, yeah, with I'm... YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all, all the shebang with that. All 18 spots you can find us uh, listening. There's a special thing that you can do to help us out. But if you appreciate the content, we very much appreciate you tuning in and uh, and clicking those buttons as you now, see fit. Yeah, we're back and ready to go. I mean, we are now in full NFL season schedule mode. So every Tuesday, you'll hear Jake and I on this platform, along with many other places as well, where all the where you can list all your podcasts. And uh, yeah, excited to continue doing this and excited to get you prepped for draft season. Obviously, once we get to the waiver wire period, you and I, our jobs will uh, become much more distinguished, right? Because we are the mm -hmm. the arbiters of who to sign and who to bring on and uh, all the questions we get. But until exactly. that point, yeah, we got to make up the like, strategy talks. Yeah, we got to make up like five more, six more shows before the season. One of them will be our over under win total, which is historically money maker. done pretty been a money maker. So uh, stay tuned for that as one of the ones towards the end. But if you got topic ideas, general strategy things. 
things, um, just anything in general you want to hear us about on the show, help us out and pick our next podcast topic. We'd appreciate that very, very much, and I hope to hear from you guys. uh, At RotoJake, at JB... Fantasy sports. fantasy sports. There we go. I had a. <laughs> yeah, you did. It's perfect. All right. We that does it for us on the July 18th edition of the show. Of course, we'll be back again next Tuesday. Thanks, everyone, for listening.